Hello and welcome to episode 1014 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Tuesday, February 15th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good day to you. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's a beautiful, sunny day. I mean, That's right. Here, uh, got a little cold last night, but it's like 65 degrees right now, and so I'm, I'm chilling. That's where it's been here, where the days are beautiful even brisk i mean it's it's a little windy today which anyone who's heard me whine about the weather knows i hate the wind the most i know the reputation i have is that if the temperature dips below 70 i have five jackets on only if it's windy i truly can deal with like a 40 degree still day with the jacket i'll be i'll be appropriately dressed but once the wind kicks in all hell breaks loose but i've been we've been having the same thing 60s even some 70s during the day and then very cold at night and that's just kind of the uh, february march cycle in texas and in uh, the middle of california are you in middle or northern we're northern yeah okay so northern california yeah uh, but anyway we got lots to talk about so no no more weather chatter we got to dive right in we actually have a little bit of news because i think one thing that uh, a lot of us and i'll include myself here so i'm not just casting aspersions um a lot, that a lot of us forget is that with this lockout Major leaguers are locked out. That's mm -hmm. it. Minor league stuff can still happen. And so we've actually seen some, some moves uh, with some names. You know, Jairo Munoz might be one that you recognize that the Phillies signed, a utility guy. But a big one is that the A's signed Eric Thames to a minor league deal coming back from overseas. Now, if you remember, he was a prospect with the Jays back in the day. He made a little bit of noise, but never really popped off, goes overseas to Korea, becomes a literal god. Like, he is beloved over mm -hmm. there. Uh, he went crazy. He was just such a wonderful player. And if, you, if you're not familiar with him, real affable, nice dude, too. So it was a match made to, like, it, it absorb the stardom over there in Korea. He put up a 40-40 season, 47 homers, 40 steals. 37 homer, 11 steal season with a 343 average. He had 381 in the 40-40 uh, season. And then a 40-13 season, which brought him over uh, to the States again. As you know, with Milwaukee, he had that great start. It ended up still being a fantastic season. A um, couple decent more seasons with Milwaukee. Goes over to Washington, struggles. Ends up going overseas for 21 uh, to Japan this time. Didn't really get going. Only played 10 games. I, I would imagine injury derailed him. Uh, so now he's back. And going to sign a minor league deal with the A's, as I mentioned. Is this putting him on your DC list at all, Eric Thames? Maybe super, super late if I'm in a DC in which I need power. Um, Update you real quick. Torn Achilles was why he missed so much of 21 mm -hmm. for Eric Thames. So, yeah, I mean, if he, you know, if I'm looking for power late, uh, I'd be interested. Uh, where is he eligible this year? That's a It would have to be. Is it first or first and outfield? I'm pretty sure he played first in because last well the last time he was here was 20. No, no, he played enough. 27 games at first. It should be first base for it. Eric it, it, it is it's first base on NFBC. So okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking for a corner infielder with power at the end of the draft, sure. He's I gonna mean, be their full-time starter because they're gonna trade Matt Olson. And that's that's kind of I'm only partly point. kidding, by the way. <laughs> he probably will be. I mean, right? Like yeah, I mean Again, I'm only partly kidding because they haven't traded him yet. But like, does it like, not add right? Up? Right now, he's kind of on the outside looking in. But sure. um, you look at the roster. The moment they trade Matt Olson, yeah, I think he's a full time player. Yeah, because least... Brown can play first if you prefer his defense over over Thames's, or Thames can go there. Um, which I, I think I don't know 
the split on defense between Brown and Thames, but they're one, they're, they're one and the same, to be honest. So even if Olsen isn't traded, Thames could beat out Brown uh, or Brown could move to the outfield. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's some flexibility here or, or Thames could too, but he's not a very good outfielder that I do know. I don't know his first base acumen, but I know his outfield acumen is not awesome. And he'll be coming off in a, a torn Achilles. So we'll see. But I just wanted to put that name out there for folks. We are in draft champion season where the bulk of drafts are, are the DCs that, uh, you know, go 50 rounds deep with 15 teams. So Eric Thames got to be on the list. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, on this draft that you and I are doing right now. I'm a little light on power, and so he might be a guy I target late in the draft. I mean, we're only in round 21 right now, so you don't have to do it yet. But the rounds start turning into the mid-30s. I think Eric Thames becomes a pretty viable option. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to get him out there, let folks know. I've always been of the mind that I I always kind of give a little extra look to what Oakland does. I I think they're a sharp team, Um, even though some of the stuff they do pisses me off with their, with their frugality and, and cost cutting. I know it's sharp for a winning standpoint, but it can be very frustrating from like a team fandom building standpoint, but uh, Eric Thames, there you go. All right. Well, you end episode on Sunday, huh? How'd that go? It went really well. I had Michael yeah, Cimino going on. Yeah, he talked yeah, about guess, the SP streamer guide. Uh, yeah, we yeah, answered a bunch yeah. of Twitter questions. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a pretty fantastic episode. Yeah, talk some mad shit too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, you sure did. You guys had a lot of things to say about my team, which is interesting. I wasn't on the episode. Y'all can't keep <laughs> your names out of my mouth. And uh, you had the nerve to suggest that my speaker league team is very bad. Was it I is very direct bad. quote. Yes, yes, very bad. What a comically stupid take from you. This is hilarious. Mm. You want to try to justify this? This was based off of you knowing like five players, by the way, too, which made it even funnier. But uh, what, 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 what exactly is the problem with my team that has Albies, Trout, Classe, Flaherty, Alonzo, Lynn, Franmil, Grandal, Scott Barlow, Akil Badu, Justin Turner, Brendan Rogers, O'Neill, Cruz, and Patrick Sandoval? I don't know how much more you know beyond that, but the Patrick Sandoval part was where it yeah, came that, up. that's yeah, that's about it. Uh, a little worried about your pitching staff, um, you know, with with Sandoval being like your number three uh, starter. I, I, I've heard that Jeff Zimmerman is just taking all the pitchers, um, which he, he could absolutely make, is. Yeah, so I, I I guess I understand it. I think Simeone said he was a little worried about your speed. On top of that. Um, not yeah. not completely unfair. Um, I just thought it was a lot of risk. On, a lot of risk on that team, like uh, injury risk and stuff. Guy guys that you know. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, coming just, from a guy with a team that has Mondesi and Glaber Torres and Nelson Cruz and Eugenio Suarez and Blake Snell as your third starter, I'm like, I'm like, this guy. Blake Snell at me. is this way better. You sideways. This Blake Snell is way sideways? better than Patrick Sandoval as a third starter. And I'm waiting on pitching. Ooh, way better? I don't know about that. So, because you thought it uh, wise to, to blast my team here, yes, I decided to do a comparison oh, of nice. my speaker league team with your triple mm-hmm. play team. Now, it's two different leagues, but I just mm-hmm. did the top 12 hitters because I have 12 hitters. Uh, and and mm-hmm. or You only have 12 hitters, and I didn't want to go deeper than that because then obviously the numbers are going to be wrong. Or, you know, unfair if I have 15 hitters versus your 12. So I did our 12 hitters. I have 313 homers to your 263. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely decimating I, you. Like I said, I'm light on power. But I can get power later. But it's going to be bad power because then it's going to kill your average where we're tied at 257 each. 
and really? you're going to be eating you're going to be eating that power. So by the way, let me let me lay out your team. So it's Tucker, yes. Real Muto, Mondesi, India, Lemayhu, Badu, which we share, mm -hmm. uh, Gleyber Torres, Verdugo, Nelson Cruz, Eugenio and Eugenio Suarez, pardon me, Frank Schwindel and Anthony Santander are the 12 that you're getting compared with my Albies Trout, Alonzo Franmil, Grandal, Badu, Justin Turner, Brendan Rodgers, O'Neill Cruz, Hunter Renfro, Lane Thomas and Luke Voigt. Okay? okay? So those are the those are the two 12 packs. I've got a 50 home run lead. Okay. A 6 run deficit. Mhm. Mm a 64 RBI lead. Okay. And then a 44 steal deficit which is okay. literally just Mondesi and mm -hmm. then we're tied in average. Okay. So I just thought with the makeup of these two teams, and it's just the bad X, right? It's just one well, wait. In the system. Did you not do the pitching? Oh, you don't want me to do the pitching. I absolutely do want you to do the pitching. Oh, that's not going to be good for you. Why wouldn't it be good for me? Because. <laughs> All right. Well, so let me let me <laughs> let me let me take off these last two pictures of mine because you don't have enough pictures yet. So you have 61 wins. Mm -hmm. I have 58. Okay. It's Wheeler, Iglesias, Musgrove, Snell, Trevino, Josiah Gray, Cal Quantrill. Mm -hmm. To my Classe, Flaherty, Lynn, Scott Barlow, Patrick Sandoval, Huascar, Noah, Aaron Savale. Mm -hmm. So you're plus three in wins. Mm -hmm. You're plus two in saves, 51 to 49. It's a 419 ERA, 128 wit for me, 402, 125 for you. So you have a decent little lead in ERA. Can't wait to see what your next two pitchers are, though, because I actually uh, lowered mine a little bit with my next two pitchers. I did, and I was gonna, I was gonna do it twice. Let me see what happens wait, when I. So, do so it. By, by in your own experiment, I, I'm beating you seven categories to three if I, I counted that correctly. Because I, I just it, did, okay. It, did I sweep oh. all five pitches? Um, uh, strikeouts, 1270 to 11. Wait, hang on. I swept all five I pitching categories. To, take the guys I, out. I'm winning seven to three if, if, if I counted that correctly. Oh man. I don't know that you should be touting your chest. Uh, when we only have six pitchers with a two save and two win lead, but if that's what you want to do, a win is a win. A dominating I'm, I'm, win I'm, by, I'm my, saying, by my No, head. no. I'm saying seven, like, seven to three is a like double your score. No. Wow. <laughs> Again, if that's the, if you if you really see that as like as like a dominating win because you're two wins and two saves ahead, the beauty is like you have such a scant lead in pitching, and the only thing you're really leading in is stolen bases because of one player who is uh, who has a 120 game projection, which we know is frivolous. I thought the I think the point was the ground that you thought you had to stand on to say my team sucked was hilarious in comparison to looking at this team. Like uh, I, I mean, I'm dominating you. It's it's. But you're you're not, dude. Like, I mean, let's seven, have a serious seven talk for one. No, seven, seven, I don't want to have a serious talk. This I know you don't. Because this isn't a serious, serious discussion. Yes, it is. No, because you guys are kind of assholes. You guys kind of pissed me off. Like, I also love that Jason of all people was talking about risk and laughing about my risk <laughs> when he has Tyler O'Neill, Dalton Varsho, Jazz Chisholm, and Nathan Eovaldi as his second pitcher. It's a lot of fun to make fun of people when they're not there to defend themselves. So I I took it personally. I got pissed about it, which is what you guys wanted and you guys showed your asses it was embarrassing it was embarrassing uh, I, i'm laughing so hard i'm crying i know you're gonna be crying you draft more pictures and and then you have no lead and really the only lead you're gonna have is the stolen bases uh, 
Mm. All right, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We we're tied in one category too. So, I mean, you have such a devastating hole in homers. You'll never catch me. You'll never catch me in ribbies. Uh, you, I'll probably catch you in runs more likely because I'm a better drafter, especially at the late end, which we're going to talk about here in a moment. This will, be, this will be a good lead up into our topic. We're tied in average, so we'll see who goes there. You have a two-win, two-save lead. Let's talk at the end. Let's talk at the end and see where you stand. Let's see how that ERA and uh, whip lead hold up, too, as you dip in to more pitchers. I've already got Tyler Miguel and Zach Tweetsack for my next two. I don't know what you're going to do with your next two. I, I, I had no idea what I'm going to do for my next two. I was going to give you Andrew Heaney twice as like a uh, like a fill-in. Oh, I, I Let, might. let's do that. Let's do that real quick. I, I do two Andrew Heaney's uh, for Tyler Miguel and uh, uh, Zach Pisak. That changes things to a 422 to 427. All right, your lead still 0.05. Yeah. Um, and then the whip is even. So, well, already, I mean, you don't have two picks before me. So, or, you know, I mean, I could take either Tyler Miguel or Zach Pisak. Well, that, no, 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 no. That's, oh, I, oh, I, I oh, have that's right. Miguel and Pisak. We don't other have yeah. eight pitchers yet. Sorry. So, we, for those wondering, and yes, I did, I did go way too far with this, but um, I was comparing it's the strange. Speakers League with the triple play. That's I just thought you guys got a little mean spirited. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm all fine with uh, trash talk, but you're like, this is a legitimately bad we'll, team. We'll, we'll hug it out in Vegas. And, and Jason hitting me with the risk button when he has Eovaldi as his number two was was really bold of him. But anyway, I, I, I took it personally. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little baby. You okay? But, uh, you, I'm good. You, I'm, well, you, I, I know we're, I know we're like live streaming this right now for the Patreon people. But like, do you need to take a quick second, like walk around? I mean, the you room? were the one crying. Though I was much better <laughs> once I realized how much you guys showed your ass because my team's awesome. Actually, I'm actually really, really happy with this team. What what are the numbers? What what are the 15, 15 team numbers you need for steals? Fifteen team. Fantasy baseball thresholds. I want to look at. Um, I know there's a good. I've got, I've got it. I've got it written down. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Give, give me the 15 team stolen base because I know I'm light, especially compared to you with Mondesi. But 71. I don't know. I mean, it's getting deep. I, I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need to spike some for sure. I have 20 guys. Uh, 119. Okay. So I need to find. Uh, what's that then? I need to find 50. Yeah. You need to find 50 over the course. Bradley, of Bradley Zimmer, baby. I mean, that's that's literally. There's your 50 old. right there. There's my 50 right there. <laughs> um, that's literally who I just took, though. I, I hadn't added oh. him yet or or Barrero. I hadn't added. Not that I think Barrero is a speed guy, but those are the two picks that I, I had. But you didn't have two more hitters that I mm-hmm. could have added anyway to make the comparison fair. So I just wanted to compare a little bit there and have a little fun on my end. I just don't think we're that <laughs> far in teams for you to be talking shit is my biggest. Seven point. to three. It's Okay. For one, we were tied in one. So you okay, don't even so know how six, to count. Six to three. Still six double. Three, one, Still three double. of which you have the scantest <laughs> lead. But if you if that's what gets you going, by all means. All right. Now. No, no, re- no, no one remembers like how the score happened. They just remember how, who won. No, 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 no. one remembers just... the score in the middle of the game, which is what you're doing right now, <laughs> thinking that you've got it. It's not even the middle of the game. It's That's like, true. It's like preseason. Yeah. Well, I meant the middle of the draft since we're doing projections. <laughs> but uh, and of course, these are projections too. We're both drafting guys that we think are going to greatly overproduce their projection. I don't think Akil Badu was only going to get 16 steals. Of course, that doesn't help me against you because we share that player. But in general, for my my speed i think he and albies are over 20 
Um, I know Albies had 20 last year and he has 19 for the projections. So that's fine. But I think, I think Badu's a mid twenties guy. Uh, I think Cruz can be better than the 10. I think Lane Thomas is way higher than the nine he's projected, but I get why a projection system is not going to spit out a huge number for him. Cause he hasn't done anything uh, yet outside mm-hmm. of having the, the late run. So it's whatever, but we got about an hour um, and we're going to talk. We're gold digging here. We're going to talk uh post 400 picks at every position that we're looking at again it's dc season this is when you need to get deep and this isn't all just about like upside too where it's like just draft these these uh young guys because honestly that can be a really bad uh uh path mm-hmm. to trying to be successful because if they're st- stuck in the minors they're not doing anything for you so I think you need to be careful with that. So you're going to see a mix. You're going to see some prospects on, on these lists for sure, but they're going to be close to the majors, but you're also going to see some like boring guys that you're like, why, why would I want that guy? Promise you that some of the boring steady Eddie's who'd you just take in your draft at pick 6 billion before um, we got, before we came on air. Hey, uh, oh, I took uh, J- Jason Hayward, Jason Hayward. 48. Yeah. I mean, that's a good pick for 648 because he's going to play. You said guaranteed. Yeah, uh, 500, 500 plate appearances. Like, I mean, you know, and they may not be pretty, but in July when you have seven guys injured and you can't drop them from your roster. You have and, a guy you know is going to play against righties every day. Yeah, at exactly. the very least. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has health issues. Like, But it's 643, so we're not overstating it. We're just saying that some of those guys start to look like oasises. Oasis? I don't know. But uh, they start to look really appealing late, and we're going to get into some of those. A catcher? We only put one each, okay? We mm-hmm. talked about this guy recently. You put me on this guy here. I actually ended up going out and drafting him. Give us your guy a catcher. Yeah, MJ Melendez. Uh, and really, you know. All was the last pod that we did together we talked about or a couple pods ago? I think it was a couple pods ago. Okay. But, like, the real credit goes to um, Jeff Zimmerman because he talked about him in the mining right. news. That's, you know. And, and, and the, you uh, passed that on to me. Mm-hmm. So you get full credit. Cut, cut oh, him out. Soon. Yeah. Steal his content. And Screw Jeff. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah Jeff's great um, mining the news. And honestly, yeah, I, I think I told you that I was like, why are people taking this guy behind mm-hmm. Sal Perez? And give us the numbers. Tell us what he did last year. He was absurd. Yeah. I mean, he had like 42 home runs between double yep. A AA and triple A. Um, with like, I believe 287 average, somewhere around there. Crazy plate skills, um, like really, yeah. really good plate skills. And this is a guy who was always kind of projected to like have some power and stuff, but never had tapped into it. And then something changed. I don't know what it was, but something changed. And he just, he went absolutely ape uh, shit last year uh, between double A and triple A. And the team go- has said like, hey, we know Sal Perez is here. And he, so he's kind of blocked. So we're going to have him start playing other positions. And we Gotta hope that it. he's going to be up at the major league level this year uh, playing other positions. Uh, so, you know, there's a chance he doesn't make the opening day roster. Um, sure. But yeah, it's pretty uh, likely, but where you're paying for him. Yeah, as a catcher, again, three or four. Yeah, it's it's an easy gamble um, when you're having to choose between, like, I don't know, the likes of Jason Castro and Martin Maldonado and guys yes. like that. So you can go for the boring, and that, that that is a little bit of a you can go for the boring guaranteed plate appearances with Jacob Stallings mm-hmm. and the guys you name, mm-hmm. or you can take a little shot on Melendez. Now, again, don't take too many Melendez shots, or else you're not mm-hmm. going to have anybody who can play. But if, especially I, the where I really like Melendez is if I went high on catcher. Mm-hmm. If I got a stud catcher and then a good mid tier one, Melendez is going to be on my team. Um, if I got 
Danny Jansen and James McCann as my two starters, I'm not taking MJ Melendez. I think I've kind of told myself at that point, I got to take guys who are in the majors. Yeah. In DCs, how many catchers do you get? Three, four, or five? I think five's probably too many. Four. Okay. It is four typically, is about the number, right? Yeah, four is what I usually go with. Um, three, if there's like, you know, Matt Thais is a guy who is expected to be the backup catcher and yeah. he's only first base eligible um, right now, it. but he will add it in season. So, but I usually like to get four because catchers get hurt. Yes, they so do. So you want to make sure in like, you know, so it's not the end of the world if you have to take a zero at catcher because some of the bad ones are, are actually, you know, Hurting negative value you. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I prefer not to. So I yeah. like to at least try to get at least two guys with a set amount of plate appearances, you know, good amount of plate appearances already. And then, you know, probably one or two guys that I think have some upside. Those incremental runs and ribbies can be key. And it, that is the one position where a week, you know, here and there maybe with a zero is not going to crush you, mm-hmm. but you're always trying to avoid zeros at all costs. And yeah. You're really, really looking to avoid that. So don't sleep on your catchers too much or else you will be in a bad situation. And you'll just think, ah, I got bad catchers. Who cares? It'll hurt you. It'll mm-hmm. definitely, especially in an overall. You can't afford that in an overall competition because the top of the the top of the pool is not giving away those at bats. Uh, my guy's Jonah Heim, switch hitting catcher in Texas. Uh, I like him a bit. You know, he showed a little pop last year, popping ten homers in eighty two games, chipped in three steals and four tries. It was a sixty WRC plus. So I'm not over here saying Jonah Heim was a beast. I'm actually just kind of looking at the raw skills and thinking maybe we could get mid teens homers with another three to five steals uh, as the primary, but not necessarily like a full-time starter. I think he and Trevino, uh, Haim and Trevino are going to share that job. Uh, you know, mo- more of like a f- close to a 50-50 split. But I do like that Haim is a switch hitter with a little punch. And I think he's fine as your third or fourth catcher. Yeah, I think that's fine as well. Uh, from the chat right now, uh, Henry Wilson's asking, uh, what about pairing Melendez with Sal Perez? I think that's oh, yeah. a great yeah, if you draft Sal Perez, you should move up Melendez a couple rounds. I agree. Just just in case he gets injured and you need him as the backup. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that's that's definitely uh, something you should, people should think about. I absolutely love that. Yep, totally agree. All right, so that's catcher. Let's move on to corner infield. And uh, you know, it's funny here. I just I didn't look at yours uh, initially. We actually have three Royals here. <laughs> We're really digging in on, and they're all first basemen. So you know, all our guys can't play here. But we'll talk about we'll talk through them. Uh, I'll start with Darren Ruff. You know, with the DH getting there, obviously that's going to be big news for him, and and definitely an avenue for him to get more PT with your Giants. And I think we even mentioned him in in the episode last week, so I won't belabor that too much. But he's dual eligible: infield, outfield, at first, and outfield. Pick 423 since uh, over the last month. We just did uh, 115 to 215 in draft champions only. If you want to see the ADPs that we're looking at here. And Darren Ruff is 423. And so I just think he's going to hit for pop. If he can just repeat last year, that would be golden. I don't need him to really do more than that. So I like Darren Ruff. Uh, Lewin Diaz, not Lewin Diaz. We Mm -hmm. talked about him and we got a correction. Appreciate that. It's Lewin Diaz. Uh, for the Marlins, again, discussed him a little bit, so I don't want to go over uh, you know, rehashing too much. But then I'll get to my Royal, and then we can lead into your two Royals and then go back to your other guys. Do you know who Vinny Pasquantano is? I've heard the name a few times no, recently. No. Pardon me. But I know very little to nothing about him. Yeah, I uh, – boy, 
I need, I wish I could give credit. I did not. Oh, the uh, Alex Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Short shortlist peripheral pro, peripheral prospect shortlist hitters. He had another guy that you're going to talk about in the outfield on his most recent list. Uh, this is from this was from late October, uh, but he also had Vinny Pasquantino on there. This dude dominated last year in the minors. Now he's a little bit of an older guy uh, for his levels. Twenty uh, three year old crushing at high A and double A. You have to put it in context for sure, but he was. Awesome. Near a one-to-one strikeout to walk ratio with 20, 24 homers and 84 ribbies in what's that? 116 games with six steals chipped in. Like I said, a near one-to-one strikeout to walk ratio is also amazing. I was just super impressed with what I what I saw when I looked at the stat line here. The issue, of course, is where can he play? But he's huge, 6'4, 245. Um, I just love that he has kind of the plate skills to go with the raw power. And I think if he gets his chance, Vinny Pasquantino uh, could be really fun. I actually wrote him up for Patreon uh, as like a name to know kind of guy. And again, I know he's going to be fighting with the veteran and the young guy that you're going to mention at first base from the Royals, but I like him. Yeah. Um, I know not nothing about him. I really, I mean, I, He's your Chaz McCormick this year when we learned about yeah, Chaz McCormick? I have to do some digging before I, you know, he's an interesting name. I'm looking at the numbers here on Fangraphs because I'm a company man. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I really know absolutely nothing about him. The, I think the hard part is the other two guys, right? Yeah. I mean, they've got, you know, a premier prospect and Nick Prado, who should be up pretty quickly this year. Uh, Carlos Santana still under contract. Where does he play? Can he play another position? Um, can he move into the outfield like that's, uh, you know, maybe the or, you know, do the Royals end up trading a guy like Carlos Santana, uh, who's under a affordable contract and still take a walk in hit for power. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe they say, hey, you know, let's let's kind of continue this reload that we're doing right now. Get rid of the old guy and, and bring up Pascatella. So, um, or whatever his name is. Pascatina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, it, it's a deep one. It's literally one of your last two or three picks, I think. I don't think you have to go any higher than that in the DC if you're interested in Vinny Pasquantino. Um, if anything, maybe just put him on your watch list for deeper leagues uh, and see what happens with that situation over there in KC because I agree with you on the Santana and Prado interest as well. Um, I think Santana. I could see Santana rebounding for like 25 homers and I wouldn't even blink. I know last year did not go well. It was very bad for him. He still went 19 and 69 uh, with two steals, LOL. But uh, a near one-to-one strikeout to walk, like everything was still there except the power. He dropped down to a 127 ISO. He is 36, so maybe he doesn't recover it. But I don't know. I'm, I can't quit Carlos Santana hmm. fully. He's just been too good to me over the years. And so I, I like that call out. You had a couple other guys at first, including uh, one that I like and one that I've been in before, so I can't hate you for him, but I, I, I'm, I'm assuming I, the one that you've been him. in before that you can't go back to is Keston Hira. You know damn uh, well who it is. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, this was a guy who was like a top 50 pick like and two this, seasons but, ago. Like, yep. and this now he makes it viable. Yep. He, and, and supposedly he is, uh, he has changed his swing mechanics, gotten rid of the toe tap. That's um, right. That's right. And then I think you brought that up 
last episode yeah, and, I said, and then get rid of the tree trunk too that he uses as a bat <laughs> yeah, that's right. and that combo could definitely work so yeah as much as i can't quit him or as much as i want to quit him i i can't really and i'll i'll, I'll probably get a share I, yeah i, I, I mean one. it's worth a gamble post yep. 400 so the other right. guy's bobby bradley i like uh, him a lot yeah they've already the, or the the guardians have already said that they're going to uh, let him be the everyday starter at first base to start the season. So he's got that kind of locked down. Uh, he's going to strike out. That is just who he is. No um, doubt. Bad batting he, average incoming. He also could hit 40 or 50 home runs. Um, like, I mean, he's he's got legitimate 50 home run power, depending on how much contact he makes and how much playing time he gets. If he's playing full time, like they say is like, this is Bobby Dahlbeck where Do- Bobby Dahlbeck should be priced. <laughs> this is the right Bobby first base. Yeah, I, I'd much rather have Bobby uh, Bobby Bradley than Bobby Dahlbeck. I would, considering the, the price difference. I so. think those. I think they are pretty much the same player. Um, yeah, and I, you know, the the changes in October in August with Coach Kyle Schwarber. Look, <laughs> hey, hey, I, that that was a little snarkier than I wanted to be. I'm not. Uh, I look at things like that too. And, and, and we I know we know John is listening right now because he and likes I, the I, rebuttal pods. So. I love the rebuttal pods. He got another one on on Edmund. I appreciate that about about maybe him moving down the lineup again. I still think he's going to be given a shot, but if he has a low 300s OBP, he might move down. But yeah, Bradley Keston Hira, Carlos Santana, Nick Prado for you, Darren Ruff, Lewin Diaz, and Vinny Pasquantino for me at corner infield. We didn't name any third baseman there just by uh, by accident, oh. I guess. Did you do corner or did you uh, accidentally just do first? No, I I, I went by corner. Third I did corner too. Off. That's the thing. I don't I mean, I'll give one Tyler Wade for for cheap speed. And we talked about um, him recently, so Jake Berger. Oh, I was actually going to put him. I'm glad you said him. I forgot him. So, yeah, hey, mean, give us some Jake Berger. Uh, well, by the way, with these names, we need to be saying the teams because some people aren't going to know what yeah, teams so. these are on. So, let me just review them real quick. Bobby Bradley, Cleveland, Keston here. You guys know that one, Milwaukee. Carlos Santana, Nick Prado, and Vinny Pasquantino are KC. Lewin Diaz is Miami. Darren Ruff is San Francisco. Tyler Wade is the Angels now. And Jake Berger is the White Sox. Give mm-hmm. us some thoughts on Jake Berger, and we'll go to middle infield. Yeah. So, Jake Berger was a former first round pick um, by the White Sox. Uh, while in the minor leagues, I think he tore one Achilles and then tore the other. I think that's what it was. It was something like it was something insane like that, um, where he got you know he had a massive injury that you know made him miss a year, and then so that's why he, he doesn't have stats yeah. from freaking. He missed eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Yeah, so he missed all of one season, came back, and before the even season came, I believe tore his other Achilles, or maybe it was ACL or something like that. Um, but I mean, this is a legit power bat with decent contact skills. You know, the the problem is, where is he going to play? Will mm-hmm. you know? Could they move Moncada back to second base to let Berger play at third? Um, who knows? But yeah, I man. believe Berger made it to the majors last year, so like he's yes, he did. Um, you know, he he's not like he's not he's ready. He's ready to go. He he's on the forty man. Play. By the way, they put Berger. With a three B slash two B on the okay, uh, so maybe he played some second base in the minor leagues. Yeah, uh, in preparation, you know this. You know they could easily move Lurie Garcia out into the outfield. Let uh, Burger literally in. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean I like Burger a lot, especially considering how late he's going. 
Uh, yeah, and like I said, he hit the cutting room floor for me. I'm, or I just I I saw his name and I meant to go back. So I'm so glad you brought Jake Berger up for the White Sox. Let me see if this guy's ADP is this late because he's on. I'll just say Gavin Sheets, same team, same issues with playing time. He's UT only this year, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm gonna I, I'll include him here in the corner because he does play first base if he ever plays. Uh, the field, but he is corner only. So Berger and Sheets, they're oh. kind of fighting for each other's how, PT. How could I forget my boy Carter Keeboom going after oh, big 400? He's going big 450. How dare he's, you? He's a starting third baseman. He's going to play every day in Washington. There's no reason he should be going that late. That's Give me all the shares of Keeboom. Um, I already have some Keeboom, so you know he, he's late there. Uh, he's post-hype, and I think he's gonna, you know, he's got playing time opportunity as well, and that's why I take him. So there, there's a few third basemen there mixed in because I noticed that we had done all first base, and you do have Tyler Wade at your middle infield, but he plays a bunch of spots, so that's why he could also be for third base. Let's go to the middle infield now, and um, we'll go quickly on Paul DeYoung. You literally just got to talk about yeah, him last we, we time. just talked about him. So I'm not even. I mean, he's just he's the starting shortstop. They've already kind of committed to him uh, to start the season, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shouldn't be going as late as he is. Post 400 is ridiculous. He'll probably start moving up. And you've highlighted Cole Tuckner as a power mm-hmm. speed guy who can do a lot that you're really interested in. Uh, we just talked about Tyler Wade. Uh, we've talked about Rugnet Odor. Jason's been big on mm-hmm. him. I don't think Jason's changing his opinion on the park movement. First off, because Odor's a lefty, so it's not going to yeah. affect him as much. Um, so talk to us about Lestella and Gorman, because that's those two sides of – Old guy who's just going to play when healthy and be good mm-hmm. in La Stella and Gorman up and comer who has moved to second base to facilitate, you know, a way to, to get to the majors because of Arenado's presence. So give us some thoughts on La Stella in San Francisco and Gorman in St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, La Stella is going to lead off versus righties when he's healthy. Um, I love you know, the, the hard part is how often will he be healthy and can you afford to put a guy who's going to platoon on your roster? So Obviously, we're talking about post 400. A lot of these guys are going to be platoon bats, um, or you're just even hoping for them to become a platoon bat. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, when you're talking about a, one of the, you know team, one of the teams was one of the best teams in baseball last year in the Giants, and now you're going to lead off, you know, more than half the time. Uh, yeah, he could be a really sneaky runs guy um, mm-hmm. for, for the Giants. I, you know, there's not a ton of power there. You know, maybe 20 in a full season. There's not really any speed. But he, he could definitely rack up a ton I'll take of that runs. Pop, because yeah. you know, before that, before he had his explosion with in 2019, which I know was definitely rabbit ball mm-hmm. infused and some LA Park change infused. Uh, those were a double combo there for Listella. But I think he's shown since then that he is still better than he was previously at power. He used to be total punch and Judy, you know, where you're looking for some batting average and a, and a few runs. In since 2019, in 21 and 22, he has 131 games with 12 homers. Like you said, it could approach 20 in a full season. Mm-hmm. You're paying for the average, the flexibility, and the runs, which yep. are things I like from Listella. So I I can't quit him. I wish he wouldn't have gotten hurt in that uh, breakout season. He broke his leg. I think he followed the ball off his leg. I don't know that he was just going to double his numbers because he played 80 games. So you can do the easy 16 times two. It doesn't work that way. But he was probably going to hit mid 20s homers that year with a good batting average, and that would have been really fun for Listella. I felt terrible that he lo- he lost his breakout season yeah. to an injury. Do you keep in mind though that he is he did get Achilles surgery in the offseason. Health is supposedly minor ish. Okay. Uh, but something we have we don't have any updates. So. And minor surgery is always for when it's on somebody else, right? Absolutely. Because when yep. it's surgery on me, it ain't minor. 
this, yeah, nope. they're cutting me open, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I know we are playful with that, but it's true. Like, let's not diminish it's surgery, no matter what routine operations. It's always some, you always have to be mindful of it at the very least. And then give us some thoughts on Gorman. I mentioned how he moved to second base uh, because they're like, Hey, this uh, Nolan Arenado guy's pretty decent. You're not going to find any time there. Does Gorman possibly come up and, and then does he threaten my boy Edmund? That's I, I don't know if John mentioned this on his counterpod. Um, pardon me if he did, because he did talk Edmund on two different ones. But that could be an avenue, and that is some concern that I have. If Edmund does flounder and has like a two, sub two sub three hundred OBP for like the first month, does Gorman come up, kind of take a bunch of his playing time, and then Edmund's just spotting in a few times a week type deal? So what do you think about Gorman? I think that Gorman will come up and be like the. I mean, I think he's gonna be a full time player. I don't think it's gonna be the cost of Edmund. I think it'd be cost of, of Sosa. I think Sosa then becomes kind of the super utility guy. Okay. Good. Um, or I mean, if uh, a guy like Paul DeYoung fails, right? Then true. True. You know, he's not so, guaranteed, even though we both like him. There, there's another you know number of avenues, but uh, I, I think ultimately Gorman will be up at the beginning of the season. He has got really good contact skills and a ton of power in that bat. Um, he is major league ready right now. They'll, they'll mm-hmm. do the service time thing because that doesn't seem like it's going to be changing in the CBA. Uh, so he'll probably be up end of April um, and then come up and just be smacking the cover off the ball. So definitely a guy I want on in, in my DCs late. This is the kind of guy, this is the kind of prospect you can take a chance on with Nolan Gorman in, in San Francisco or in St. Louis, excuse me, because he just finished a hot two level season at double and high A with 25 homers, 75 ribs, a quality slash line, 279, 333, 481, even chipped in seven steals. Uh, and that was in 119 games. So he didn't even play a full season. Uh, he did go to the fall league, played a little bit. Uh, my pick's coming up, or my pick is up. And then, um, uh, you know, played a few games. I, did he get hurt in fall league, or did they just see enough after six games? I, I haven't seen anything. About I don't him remember what right happened before. to Nolan Gorman in fall league and why he only played uh, six games there. But anyway, I like him. And um, he's is he on the 40-man? That's always key, too, with, with prospects. If they're on the 40-man, they are markedly is, better picked. He is not on the 40-man. Okay. Okay, so that, it doesn't rule them out, but it uh, it absolutely elevates a guy who's already on the 40-man because they don't require an extra move to get called up. Um, all right, so those are your middle infielders. Mine uh, run the gamut as well. I start with an oldie, then I go with a couple of boring guys in the middle, and then a prospect. Robinson Cano, again, we talked about him on the DH pod. Go listen to that. But if he's healthy, he's going to play, plain mm-hmm. and simple, and he's still Robinson Cano. And frankly, he's probably cycling back on because – uh, they're not testing right now. And I'm not saying that to be slanderous or anything, but he's been caught twice. So uh, I, he doesn't get any trust from me. Okay. You know, I, I don't think I have to like give him the benefit of the doubt at this point. The simple fact is he may be cycling on. Uh, he was great. The last time we saw him, the 49 games he played in 2020, he was awesome. I know he'll be 39 this year, but it's Robinson Cano. You know, I mean, this guy is, is Robinson Cano a hall of famer. No. Not with multiple PD tests. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but are his stats? Let's, let's. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think, oh. I think he is. But I, I think he would have been not if not for because right. He, he, he popped positive it's twice, twice, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was so, once I mean, with Seattle and then this one. There, there's no like coming back from that. I mean, if Barry Bonds can't get in, 
then yeah. you're you're not getting in at all. But stat wise, I think he is. I'd yeah, have to look at the Jaws comparison. But he's seventh. He's yeah. seventh in Jaws. Uh, pardon me, I'm I'm refilling my water here. As as I long as people, yeah, as, long, as long as people don't think you're actually live streaming. No, no, no! I'm not peeing. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. That would be absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, you need the mic if you're going to do that. <laughs> exactly. Cano, easy peasy. Again, we talked about him. Zach McKinstry, guy I've been hyped on since last year. I don't know if he's necessarily good. I do like him. I, I'm a sucker for these kinds of guys. I mean, you just heard me talk up uh, Tommy Edmond. I love these like middle of the roster type guys who I think can extract the best of themselves. He needs to bring down the strikeout rate, though. I didn't realize until I was doing some review. I think it was last month. I was like, dang, he really did strike out a lot. 29% uh, at the major league level, but only an 11% swinging strike rate, which tells me he can kind of bring that down uh, back into the to the high teens, low 20s, where he was in the minor mm-hmm. leagues. And he's not going to be a special player regardless, but he can be one of those glue guys that I love in D.C. So I still have some love for De- uh, Zach McKinstry and the Dodgers. And then Luis Renjifo. And, you know, this is a guy that I still think we haven't really seen enough of yet to, to get a good idea on where Renjifo is. Now, your my, your main concern might be, didn't Tyler Wade just take his job? To which I would say, kind of. I understand <laughs> that. I do understand that. But I would also say that uh, Tyler Wade is not some locked-in stud. Frankly, neither is David Fletcher. And we know Rendon's health is not exactly wonderful. Neither is Fish Boys. Right. So it's like mixing some health with some, you know, uh, a Tyler Wade guy who is, is not, you know, blocking anybody necessarily. And I think Ren Hefo could find his way back into the mix. I would just like to see him get a an unencumbered shot. Uh, we'll see if that happens this year. But this is a guy who is on the 40 man. So even if he does start in the minors, he has the easy path up because they don't have to do an extra move. He had eight homers and, and stole 13 bases in 53 AAA games last year. Came up to the majors, hit six homers with a steal in 54 games with a 50 WRC plus. So he struggled quite a bit. But I'm keeping Renjifo on my uh, on my radar for the late, late rounds. And then the one prospect is out in Arizona, Geraldo Perdomo. Um, Love you know, Perdomo. That's a great call. I'm, I'm excited about him. I'm going to have another prospect of theirs coming up um, to talk about. But I think Perdomo, he got a little taste last year. So, again, I'll reiterate, mm-hmm. on the 40-man, which is excellent. Switch hitting middle infielder. Who's blocking? Who's blocking anybody there? Right, you know, uh, outside of Cattell Marte and Dalton Varsho, Carson Kelly, and Paven Smith, who's probably their best player. Um, nobody's. <laughs> I just want to see how much you were paying attention to me. I don't know. If, did Did you hear what I just said about? Paven oh, Smith? I heard. I, okay, I was ignoring okay. you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, Paven but seriously, Smith's I think the best player. Yeah, no. I think Marte, Varsho, and Kelly are the only th- three locked positions, and understandably, one of those positions, second base, where Marte plays is one of Perdomo's, but I think he can move around enough to where um, shortstop is his primary position. And Nick Ahmed is an elite defender, but if Perdomo's bat's good enough, he can push Ahmed there. And he's only 21. They gave him a little taste to reward him for a very good season um, or a solid season. It wasn't that good. Pardon me. I thought he was better at, at double. He was fine. He's probably not ready. So I don't pick Perdomo in a round that starts with anything but a four. And I don't mean round four, I mean 40 something because he could be one of those ones you're waiting on. Paul, but if Paul you have, Ford took, told me to take him at pick 60. I was just, I was just listening to you, dude. 
You yeah. won a main event last year, so I thought right. you knew what you were doing, dude. I got him with my fourth pick. No, Perdomo's a 40-round-something type of pick, and do it with you when you have some stability because he is one of those guys that could sit down in the minors for the most of the year and hurt you, but there's also a path where he comes up, and he could be a sneaky double-double for Arizona. So that's Geraldo Perdomo for me. Uh, Geraldo, excuse me. Uh, anybody else middle infield, or are we good to go to the outfield? I think we're good to go to the outfield. All right, outfield. First things first, Bradley Zimmer. You're going to keep hitting that drum. We're both fans of him. He's definitely one of your big guys, though. I just drafted him again, so I'm mm -hmm. fully with you on that. You're going to get no dispute from me, but folks know how you feel about him. Then you go over to Kyle Isbell. Talk to us a bit about Kyle Isbell out in – actually, bring in uh, Edward Oliveris with him since they're going to be fighting each other a little bit. And that's my only that's my only concern for either is the other. I like yeah, both. Yeah, because they're like they both they're natural platoon partners. Right? Um, which so that I means that well, makes a lot of sense. That hurts for Oliveris though, because he's short side then. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one of the things we haven't discussed is like the new CBA uh, offer, which was complete garbage, included a limit on how many times the Royals can send Edward you had a great down in the season. You had a great riff on that. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, the new rule will be uh, you can only send someone down five times, which means Edward Olivares actually can't be sent down thirty-four times. This so, year, so he so. wouldn't. He would have only been up for one month in the season because they got those five out in June. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was awful. Um, it was so bad, man. Like that, it, it got to a point where the meme wasn't even funny because like they were they were literally setting this guy up for failure. Mm -hmm. uh, but start with Isbell here because he would be the strong side. He showed a little speed. He is a legit prospect. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. third round picks and a. I think he's been a top 100 guy, or do I have that wrong? Maybe not. That well, sounds not. about right. But like, he's, you know, he's got some skills. Do you think he can make an impact? And do you like him because of the speed uh, more so than anything else? Or, or do you like the whole combination of skills? Yeah, he's more of a sum of all parts kind of guy as opposed to he's not a burner. He doesn't have yeah. a ton of power, especially in that park. Um, but he's got a really good con – I mean, he's a lot like his teammate Andrew Benatendi. In a way where, like, he's got a pretty good contact skill, uh, enough power that plays, and enough speed. Um, you know, I mean, I think he went like 15 22 in triple A, triple A, yep. So, I mean, like, you know, in 105 games, yeah. Now, I don't expect him to be able to do that in Kaufman and at the major league level, but like, I think he's a guy who could potentially go 15 15, you know. Um, and, and he delivered a 158 ISO, Kyle Isbell did, mm -hmm. uh, despite a 4% homer to fly ball. So he got super unlucky on the ball leaving the park in his 83 plate appearances. We're parsing a small sample. And he still had like an okay power. Like 158 ISO is not good, but you're just looking for chip in power and maybe some, some game changing speed there if he gets 15 plus. So I think, uh, is this comp? fair or, or maybe i have it wrong on how you see zimmer is this a a better plate skills zimmer he's definitely not as fast as zimmer okay okay um, and i honestly i don't think he has the power that zimmer has okay so bad comp bad comp bad comp. so uh but i i think both baseball players though so i actually kind of was right so he's almost in some ways like the opposite of zimmer in terms of like i can see a dream season in when zimmer goes 20 30 yes. right like, yes all the contact stuff you know, comes together, but there's also a likely scenario that Zimmer spends more time in the minor leagues than in the majors. I think yeah. Isbell is kind of the flip side of that. I think that Z that Isbell is going to make plenty of contact. The question is, I don't, I don't think he has. I think he has got a cap ceiling. 
Like okay. I think, like I think a 2020 ceiling is probably not attainable for Kyle Isbell. Okay, I, I think, think he's that's much true. more likely to be like a a 12 12 guy. Okay, but a, but a firm double double after pick 400 mm-hmm. is is why we like Kyle Isbell because I, I agree with you on on him. You put him on your list, and some might be thinking in their head right now saying 28 percent strikeout rate. And you're talking about this guy's contact. I similarly, I see Kyle Isbell to McKinstry, wherein I look at the 11% swinging strike rate, mm-hmm. which is about average. And I say that his strikeout rate might, or not might, absolutely has room to come down to a much more manageable level. So um, I like Isbell. And then Oliveris, again, we've talked him to death. We both like him. He needs playing time. He needs a chance. He needs a legitimate mm-hmm. chance, not the BS that they sent him on. Um, another guy who we just talked about in relation to Thames was Seth Brown. So obviously they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harold Ramirez, you h- included, he would have been on my list too, but we, you know, we're not doubling up on everything. We love him. Stephen Kwan, we briefly mentioned, I think I made a joke about him the other day, but I don't know if we've gotten into his skills. He's become a pop-up name that people mm-hmm. are interested in. Um, give, us some, give us some thoughts on Stephen Kwan for the Guardians and what he could actually do this year. Yeah, Kwan is um he's a hit tool first guy. So like he, you know, I mean he's gonna hit for contact, he's not gonna hit for power. Hit tool uh, only. Yeah, I mean he's a little bit of speed there too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, but uh the Guardians have nobody in that outfield. Like it's unbelievable, dude. And so yeah, I think Kwan has a really good chance of being up early. Uh, maybe he can hit for like you know decent batting average like 260 270 and steal 15 bases um which if you're looking for speed late i think it's a decent dart to throw yeah yeah and i'll i'll use that uh, i'll use stephen kwan in the guardians outfield to bring up josh nagler who again we have mm-hmm. discussed we didn't want to gloss over the guys that we've discussed because then people will be like are they off them so that's why we're bringing up some of these repeat names but we're not going to deep yep. dive them because you guys have heard us Go to go to town on that. I think um, Naylor just got uh, okayed in the last couple weeks to start hitting again. Oh, that's good. That's good. to resume and, resume full baseball activities. So you know it, it applies much more to somebody like uh, Degrom and Acuna, but if there are any delays, it greatly helps anybody who's hurt. They mm-hmm. just start inching up the board. You know, we get a month, and they say. Opening days now May first. Acuna becomes like a top five pick. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so does Degrom probably. Mm-hmm. But but at the back end, guys like Naylor and them be, probably don't see their ADP skyrocket, but their outlooks get a lot better because mm-hmm. they will. They're they're not going to miss as big of a percentage. And I don't even know if he's necessarily guaranteed to miss time coming into the year. So I still like Josh Naylor. Uh, he's a different profile than Quan, but the same reason is that they don't have anybody. So Zimmer, Quan, and Naylor, we, we recommend all three. We're just trying to figure out that uh, that that Cleveland outfield. And a former guy they had, Harold Ramirez, we did talk about recently with the Cubs. We both love Harold Ramirez. Um, Nick Gordon. Now, I don't know mm-hmm. if you read my, uh, my Minnesota roster review, but uh, I kind of had him as a hot take for somebody who could who could volume his way to a sneaky double double. I don't even know that the slash line would be that great, but I just think he's somebody because because he can play infield outfield. My hot take was that Nick Gordon has a 2020 season out of nowhere, like a Jonathan VR esque 
sort of uh, the fact that he just keeps playing. He has some pop. He has some speed. He played outfield second and short last year, 45, 17, and 14 games respectively. And I even said in the in the article, I said, it could come with a sub-100 WRC+, plus. but if they just put him out there and he's more of like a 93 WRC+, plus, that's enough to keep playing time if nobody else is chasing him. So I liked your Nick Gordon call. Give us some extra thoughts on how you feel about Nick Gordon. Yeah, I don't know that he's got enough power to hit 20 home runs. Um, you don't have enough power to hit 20. Okay, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I Keep definitely going. do not have enough power to hit 20 home runs, but I can look the part. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, yeah. you look the part more than him as a 20 homer hitter. Yeah. I, will, I will agree with you on that. He's, yeah. he's got more power than Brother D, but not a lot of power. Okay. Yeah, he, he he does not have he, – he's got more power than D, but not, as, not nearly as much speed as D. Correct. Uh, I definitely think he could steal 20 bases, though, if he if he found his way into pretty regular playing time. It's just going to be difficult in Minnesota. They've just got a lot of moving parts. I think they look at him as kind of a super utility guy. Now, injuries can always change that, right? Because, and they have tons of the, that. Yeah, answer. Donaldson, Buxton, Kirilov, uh, Brent Rooker, like all these guys have been injured. Um, yep. So uh, I think there, there potentially is paths to playing time. They're just a lot more difficult to see at the start of the season when everybody's healthy. So exactly, exactly. But D, uh, excuse me, Nick Gordon on Minnesota could give you a sneaky double double. The mm-hmm. the twenty twenty was a super hot take. Like uh, that's yeah, like crazy. I, yeah, I think he's more like a five or seven homer guy with like seventeen stolen bases. He which, hit four and seventy three. I think I think I think he can go double double. Maybe. I think I think double doubles. There. I, I I agree with your pushback on twenty because again, that's not my projection. That was the hot take. But uh, I think I think double doubles there. I think 10, 20 is probably where I, I, I could very realistically see Nick Gordon going with, like I said, with the 2020 being like the pipe dream if, if, if he took. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I did that was because he was given a 50 raw, but he only has a 30 game power. So yeah, my, my thinking there was also, if he taps into that a little bit. He's also got like a 25% fly ball percentage. Like, so he so, keeps the ball down. A yeah, lot. Okay. he's much more level swinging yeah. guy. I, I don't want to get bogged down on the power because that's yeah. not the, the the draw here. The draw is some mm-hmm. speed and and some playing time as a super util. So I like your Nick Gordon mm-hmm. call out. Um, and then I have I have uh, a crusty vet, up and coming prospect. Crusty vet, you're gonna have to take me away, kicking and screaming to get yeah, me to go sh- away. From sh- I'm shocked. Shocked. Yeah. By this. Yeah. I know. I know. Just absolute. Wow. Whoa. Paul Spore's interested in Aaron Hicks. Oh, that's, yeah. that's new. That's different. But again, um, locked in deal. Brett Gardner gone for now. Uh, yeah, I know for now the wrist looking like it was on track. Did he end up playing winter ball? Because the last update that we had gotten that was that he would be cleared to play winter ball, but I don't know if he did. I'm taking a look at that here in just one second on Aaron Hicks. But the bottom line is we'll know more as as oh he did. He did end up playing winter ball and he was fine. 265, 321, 408 for 12 games, 53 plate appearances, uh down in the in the Dominican Winter League. I can't quit Aaron Hicks. Health is obviously a major deter- deterrent on him, but it's all completely baked into the price. Obviously he's dirt cheap. He's still with the Yankees. Aaron Hicks can't quit him. The other guy in Arizona Another prospect, Alec Thomas. And I do like him even better than Perdomo. Um, the Perdomo one just came up sooner because we talked middle infield first. But Alec Thomas is somebody that I believe has a great chance to come up and make some noise this year. 
in Arizona. He's a, a strong outfield prospect who had a two-level season at double and triple A. He was excellent at both, got better at triple A, went from a 134 WRC plus to 168, albeit in about half the sample, uh, which does make it easier. He can be a power speed guy if they don't mind giving him sort of a, a green light, uh, but maybe teaching him how when to pick. Because he had 13 steals last year, but he was caught nine times. And it's like, okay. So some teams might say, you're a little bit of a wild horse. We got to rein you in. But the speed is definitely there for Alec Thomas to make an impact. Power speed capabilities are there. He's going to be knocking on the door. I think five months of Alec Thomas could be really, really strong. And I don't think that anybody in that outfield, like the outfield isn't so set that they're blocking him from there. And I'll even include my boy Paven Smith. Um, if Alec Thomas is killing it at AAA, he can take Pavin Smith's job. But David Peralta's health, um, Dalton Varsho, uh, I, I like Dalton Varsho and he's in, but he can also play some catcher. He can move around. So I think there are going to be avenues for Thomas to get in, probably Peralta the most. But uh, what do you think of Alec Thomas and Aaron Hicks? Uh, I mean, Aaron Hicks just needs health, man. Aaron, mm -hmm. Aaron Hicks is the original Byron Buxton. Yes, he is. Um, so yeah, same same first team too, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, and he was the number one prospect in baseball at one point. Uh, it just injuries, man. Injuries has just wrecked his career. Uh, if you believe that love cures all, he got married this off season. Uh, uh congratulations. So, uh, Buxton or Hicks? Hit Hicks did. Okay, so, okay. Uh, I, I do not know about Byron Buxton's uh, marital status at the moment. Uh, I think Chris Liss was trying I, I, to I wife him up. Yeah, I, I can look into that, you know, especially for Chris. Yeah. Um, but And then uh, Alec Thomas, how do you feel? I like Alec Thomas a lot. I think he's got a lot more floor than he's got ceiling. He's kind of similar sure. to Kyle Isbell. Um, but I think the situation there is less crowded than it is in Kansas City for, for Isbell. So, uh, you know, it'd be... He's obviously they're going to play the game too, right? They're going to send him send him back down and work on his defense, or you know, or his, whatever, or his base stealing yeah. decisions. Mm -hmm. So, and then, yeah, I think he could be um Peralta's a guy they could. David Peralta's a guy that yeah they could easily trade, you know, so, and they could DH him, right? Like we've given mm -hmm. the job to Seth Beer, and I do like him. This is not a retraction of my Seth Beer interest, but we don't know he's going to be guaranteed to be good at the majors. Like what if he flops and then you go Peralta DH? He's gonna be good. He's gonna be great. I mean, I I I, I think like that, him, dude. You like, know, dude, dude can hit. But you could also see them. Uh, oh God, who's their first baseman? Oh, I met Christian players. Walker. They, they could trade Christian Walker. Yep. Um, and move uh, Pavin uh, back to first base. So correct. Uh, correct. Th there's there's a lot of different ways in which Thomas could find a full time role. I, I think once he's up, he's playing full time, and I think he is. Um, again, one of these guys that uh, some of all parts kind of guy, mm -hmm. you know, probably in, in 600 plate appearance, you're looking at a guy who could be like 270, probably 15, 20, something like that. I, I would um, love that. So, yeah, it just depends kind of what, at what point he gets called up. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it'll be at least a month. Um, mm -hmm. He's 21 or going to be age 22 for Alec Thomas in Arizona. Be smart. Um, again, this is a late pick. I, you know, all these are so that that's built in. I don't have to keep reiterating that, but just, just keep that in mind that we are advocating for these guys within reason, knowing that the price discount, I mean, he's picked 545 for outcomes like mm -hmm. with Yadiel Hernandez and Justin Upton, you know, the deal here, you know, you're buying some risk. And again, keep your risk profile smart. Don't put Alec Thomas 
with Kyle Isbell, with Nick Prado, uh, uh, you know, with who's another prospect, and with Nolan Gorman. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to have nobody to play by May. But if you've got a bunch of Carlos Santana's and and even Aaron Hicks, so I, actually he still has risk because of his health. But mm-hmm. if you got like Carlos Santana and Robinson Cano and Paul DeYoung, then you get to do a little bit of prospecting with Alec Thomas and them. So those are the hitters. Um, Bradley Zammer, Carlos Bell, Edward Olivera, Seth Brown, Stephen Kwan, Nick Gordon, Harold Ramirez for Justin in the outfield, Aaron Hicks, Alec Thomas, Josh Naylor, and I include Harold Ramirez for myself as well, and Nick Gordon, I guess, um, in the outfield for me. Let's go out to pitching. Let's talk about some starting pitchers. Now, you have talked about Patrick Corbin mm-hmm. uh, before. Nobody's going to be surprised to see that. That's that's almost Aaron Hicks for me level. But uh, one thing that we were talking about coming in to the uh, uh, offline was like the difference between his 582 ERA mm-hmm. and being a respectable fantasy innings eater is not as far as I think a lot of us want to believe. Right, and he allowed 37 homers, which was a National League high. He allowed 111 uh, earned runs, which wasn't a, a baseball high. And I'm not here to tell you that anything in Patrick Corbin's bottom line is good. But as you're going to bring up when I pass it to you, he finished strong. And again, I just don't think that the path from 582 to say 382 is that difficult. For somebody who's proven it time and time again. No, now I'm picking in both leagues. Um, <laughs> and he's only going to be age 32. So I think Corbin has been discarded. And I what I think it is is that a lot of times in fantasy, if if we get that license, what we feel is license to discard somebody, we want to do it right away just to pare down the board. So Patrick Corbin, 466 in 2020, 582 last year. He sucks. He's dead. But I just don't think that's the right way to look at it. Because first off, I don't put a lot of stock in 20 regardless. But also, I look at one down season of 2021, again, which he finished strong. And you're going to give us the numbers on that in a moment. And I just think that there's a path to rebounding. So just give us the quick path, and then we'll move on from Corbin because we have talked about him. And give us those numbers that he finished strong with. Yeah, I mean, in, in the uh, in the final month of the season, I think I mentioned this on, on Sunday's pod as well. Uh, 382 ERA uh, in the final month of the season uh, you know, strikeouts were there. The velocity, the velocity came back in the mm-hmm. last two months of the season where he's throwing 93, 94, uh, you know. And so, yeah, is it a gamble? Absolutely. But we're talking about a guy who was formerly like a top 10, top 15 pitcher yeah, in fantasy. Used to go crazy for him. Yeah. He used it, to go crazy for him, dude. Uh, so taking a shot at pick 400, I'll, I'll, t- I'll throw that dart every, every time. So Absolutely. Why don't you drive us through the rest of your starters here and highlight the ones that you want to give an extra shine to because you got a good handful here. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of guys, and I mean, and they're they're even guys on your list that I that I like. Um, you know, I've talked about Nick Martinez a lot. Uh, I mm-hmm. talked about Cole Irvin on Sunday. Uh, um, Nick Martinez uh, coming from San Diego uh, yeah. or going to San Diego, coming from overseas. Cole Irvin's still with with Oakland. Mm-hmm. Continue. Uh, I talked about uh, Michael Lorenzen on on Sunday as I well. I love Michael Lorenzen too. Uh, as, the Angels now, and he, I mean, he's a guy that I hated last year, but the, he's nothing. He's like so affordable right now. You take any and a you know a guaranteed role in that Angels bullpen or in the Angels rotation. So I'll take that shot. Uh, Adrian Hauser was quietly really really good last year, and especially really really good in the second half. I'm surprised he's that cheap. Nobody's giving him any credit. I think it's a lack no, of strikeouts. It is. It absolutely uh, is. But like, if you just need innings, 
he's going to give you innings and they're probably going to be pretty quality innings. Um, so I like on a good Hauser. team where you can probably steal some wins. So mm-hmm. uh, Hauser, I think is a really interesting guy. I'm not done with Daniel Lynch. Uh, Nor should anybody be. Yeah. yeah he's, he's too young. He's got too much of a prospect pedigree. Uh, you know, plays in Kaufman in that AL central. Like there's, there's still plenty to like there. Um, did you see the video of Mitch Keller the other day? I did. I did. Uh, we are I, going so bananas over the smallest things, and I love it. It's my favorite time of the year. The, the brand the new mechanics. slider. I know. I know. The, Listen, brand new mechanics. He's thrown a hundred and one. Um, man, I'm gonna fall I'll say for this those. again, and I think I will too. The one thing we have to like, it's fun to meme on those in the best shape of their life thing, but they're not all bunk. Not all of those are like, you know, just just fluff pieces. A lot of times guys are actually remember when Schwarber was best shape of his life, but then he actually was. And he was like, well, and I, I was listening to a, a new pod the other day um, with Joe Gentile and Ryan Venancio called the arm barn, which is an mm-hmm. 80 grade name, by the way. 80 it grade really name. is um, really, really good name. Uh, definitely go check it. Uh, check those guys out over there. Um, but uh, they were talking about like. If this time last year we had been talking, you know, if someone had said, well, Carlos Rodon's looking really, really good, most people would have laughed at us, right? Yep. And then he uh, goes out and does what, what he does. So Yes. I We don't want to ignore a guy throwing 101 in February it's with always mechanics. Within, right? You don't move him up to your 60th <laughs> starter. Right? But what's his ADP for Mitch Keller? And he's still with Oh, it's Pittsburgh like 580-something. So, like – even if it jumps 200, which I don't think it will, but even if it jumped 200 picks, would that really be the end of the world? No, absolutely like you not. You could even still pay 380. Yeah, yeah he, he's paying. He's he's going 528 in the last okay. month. So, okay, so so if it went to five, if so if it went to 328, that would be around Javier. That would be a little too high, but that's the that's an extreme. It's not going to move 200 picks. Mm-hmm. If it moves 150 picks, like there's plenty of wiggle room here. So I know it's fun to like meme on it, and be like this is a 30 second video and everyone's losing their mind. Well, we're, we're excited about it, but we're not losing our mind. No one's taking him in like the 26th round or anything. Yeah. Five is the 35th round. That's bananas, and you know. M- that's just that's just a DC. Like you, you take him as your last pick in your you know regular Fab League, mm-hmm. um, and if he doesn't work out, you'll probably know pretty quickly. He's the second cut, yeah, first or yeah. second cut. No, I, so. I I agree, I agree. So Mitch Keller, you know, you always be careful with videos like that, but I think I think you should still pay attention to them at the very mm-hmm. least. Um, and then. I also Reynaldo had, Lopez and Vladimir Gutierrez. Give us some thoughts on them. Gutierrez, I think he's going to be locked in that rotation, especially if the Reds start selling some of those pieces in that rotation. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's a risky guy, but I think he's going to pitch probably as long as he's healthy all year in that Reds rotation. Um, he's a two pitch guy uh, in a really bad park, so it, it's it might it might get, it might get gross, but it's yeah. like I said, innings late. Um, I'll take the gamble on it, and then Re- Ronaldo Lopez is a guy. I've always kind of crapped on. I know. And I know you, I've I, loved him. Yeah. Um, just because, like, the oh, first turntables have turned. He's just so cheap. And he finished this year really, really strongly last year. You're telling me. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I don't know that he's in the rotation um, to start the year because they're just, they've got such a good, you know, starting five already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
I mean, you've got guys with injury issues. Keiko was awful yeah. um, after the sticky stuff. Uh, it was taken away. Like, there's some paths into that rotation for Reynaldo Lopez, and or maybe he's just a really, really effective long reliever. That's what that I was going to steal say. some wins. He doesn't even have to necessarily get into the rotation. Maybe he's this year's Brent Suter. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it who's on my re- who's on my relief pitcher. Yeah, uh, and like guys, Brent yeah. Suter had 12 wins last year, an excellent mm-hmm. ratio or uh, excellent ERA, mediocre uh, WHIP, 307 ERA, 131 WHIP. But uh, 69 strikeouts was very nice in 73 and a third with those 12 wins, threw in a chip-in save. So I think Raylo could be somebody who's going to be in that in those leveraged spots. He finally cut the walks down, had a 6% mark last year to go with a 25% strikeout rate. Homers were still too high, but I think this was a step forward in his control. The next step is getting the command, and I like Ethan Katz as the pitching coach over there with the White Sox. Mm-hmm. So you know I can't qu- quit my boy Raylo as well. So when, I, when you put that there, I wasn't sure if you were trolling me or if you were serious so now that i hear that it's serious it makes me happy no yeah i mean when because i saw him pitch live in san francisco in his rookie year when he was with washington um and the first thing i said was like wow this is a really live arm but this is like a three inning bullpen guy yes um and, and you said that a decade ago yeah and so that was 2016 so like not quite a decade yeah so i mean yeah exactly but yeah, I mean, if he can be a three, four inning guy, like that's going to have some value if he if he's like coming in and, and cleaning up games and stuff. So, um, especially in a DC going that late, and then there's always the chance that someone gets hurt, someone isn't performing, and he moves into the rotation and becomes something a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, we saw the reclamation of Carlos Rodon, and while Lopez, uh, I don't think is quite on that level, he had a he was a high pedigree guy who has shown flashes. Even in some of these disaster seasons, I can find you chunks of 2019 to get excited about, even though he had a 538-146 combo that year. So I'm with you 100%. I'm not quitting Ray Low. Dirt, dirt, cheap price. Sign me up. Some guys I got, I, like I said, I have Lorenzen as well. I've, I've been making the comp of like, not that they're exactly the same, just, but it is fitting that they're on the same team when CJ Lorenzen or CJ Lorenzen, CJ Wilson was with LA and converted from reliever to starter. It was with Texas first, then went to LA and it was like, how's this going to work? And it ended up working pretty well. And I think we get locked into these roles for guys. um, And we haven't really seen Lorenzen start that much. I think this could definitely work. His teammate, youngster Reed Detmers saw some things I liked out of him last year too you know there's nothing in the statistical profile that's really going to jump out it's more of a watch Reed Detmers and you can see the stuff that that's the foundation to making him good he's a top pick he was just drafted in 2020 so I'm not going to bag on a guy even for a bad 20 and two-thirds at the major league level when he had eight triple a innings like they gave him those innings uh you know just to kind of get in a litmus test and see where he was at. They realized, okay, he's not quite ready. Um, I think he starts the season in the minors, but we know the angels pitching is not locked and loaded. So Reed Detmers could come up at age 22 and make an impact. I think he could be a fun four and a half, five month guy, Nate Pearson. I mean, this is, this is the fantasy community in a nutshell with how they overreact mm-hmm. to prospects and just discard them. If they don't immediately another hit. guy, another guy whose videos come out recently and he's thrown a hundred yep. and, and, and looks healthy. So yeah, and we know he's just got the livest arm and it could go either role, right? Jordan mm-hmm. Romano might be looking over his shoulder at, at, at Nate Pearson, but so might their fifth starter because he could go either way. 
I just want to take a live arm like that who's going to be in the majors, uh, similar to the Reynaldo Lopez thing where the role doesn't necessarily matter to me. Uh, Tyler Beatty shouts to Eno. He's back on. He's back on the BD train. I was listening to them. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep an eye on BD too. I will take him." He was showing a little bit. Injuries have ravaged BD's career, full stop. Like they, they mm-hmm. have really uh, limited what he's been able to do. He's gonna be back. He's gonna be age 29. He's still young enough to to find something and go back in that 2019. It's a 508 ERA, 148 WHIP. But again, you can find glimpses of interest there. And see if he can get back in. We always trust San Francisco. So I like that as well. Um, and then Garrett Crochet, you know, Michael Kopech's going to get the starting opportunity there. He might be only in the bullpen, but again, a live arm. I could have put him under relief pitching, just a live arm who's very good. Glenn Otto, I've spoken about him in Texas. Um, I think he's actually pretty intriguing. And I think he's kind of being glossed over. Texas is a nice place to pitch. I like him. Mitch White for the Dodgers. We don't know what the Dodgers are going to do. Obviously, if we hadn't had a lockout, we'd have a lot more clarity on where their team is because they would have made moves and we'd have some stability on how their rotation, everything is going to break down. But I mean, and I'm not saying this to roast you, but Andrew Heaney's not <gasps> locked and loaded. Tony Gonsolin's not locked and loaded either. Neither's David Price. Three fifths of their rotation has some questions. And Mitch White pitched really well for them out of the bullpen last year in like a swing hybrid role. I think he even had some opens um, because you'll see some starts there, but I think they were just a couple inning opens. But he's a big-time prospect for them. He's he's been, he's been a big prospect before. I think he started to get some of that prospect sheen back last year, even though he's 26 and no longer a uh, you know, eligible for prospect list, but I think people started to say, "Oh, this is why he was well regarded." So, Mitch White with the Dodgers is somebody I like, and then uh, Matt Liebertor for the Cardinals, just another prospect to keep a close eye on. He did make it to AAA last year, right? Mm, I believe he did, but I'm, he I'm did. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, his full season was there. One hundred twenty-four and two-thirds, twenty-four percent strikeout, six percent walk rate. I think he's right, right on the cusp of having a very impactful season. Okay. And that defense is awesome. And then Dan Straley is back uh, from overseas. We talked so, about him when he signed uh, on Sunday pod. So um, yeah, so he, he's back, Dan Straley, and I'm not going to quit him. So and he signed with um, Arizona. Arizona, that's right. So yeah, and then relievers. Let's rifle through them because you oh, we're coming right up on your time mm-hmm. here. We both have Josh Stomont. And what'd you say when I told you I drafted Barlow? I uh, Barlow and then Stomont. What'd you say? That's a must do. That's like I, must. I, I think like if you're gonna draft Scott Barlow, just pair him with with Stomont and and hope that one of them holds the job for the whole year. Now, obviously, totally a, another guy could emerge. Sure, that always happens uh, in bullpens, but but those uh, are the top two. I think often people are afraid of, and I think you mentioned this. People are afraid of of handcuffing relievers. Don't yeah. be. Don't, no, don't especially be. in a DC because you can't yeah. go get anybody else. Absolutely, you have to in a DC. Sometimes I'll take a whole bullpen, and yeah. sometimes that'll that'll blow up in my face. I mean, it, it happened a few years ago when I think everybody was like trying to get like Sean Kelly and Coda Glover. Yes, oh uh, my god, uh, that off the Nationals, pen. and that's when they traded for Blake Trinan. Yeah, um, and so like everybody drafted like three or four different guys in that Washington bullpen, and then like right before opening day, <laughs> they, they traded that. for a different guy. So, but I mean, that, that kind of stuff is going to happen, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Stomont is still got too much talent on arm and at some point he may get an opportunity to close. So if you, especially if Barlow struggles at some point, so. 
give us the rest of your relievers here, and then I'll, I only have two extras uh, up beyond that, so we'll be done here very soon. Uh, Cody Hewer, uh, I butchered his name, even though I... <laughs> you were close, though. Hoyer. Yeah. Uh, in Hoyer, Chicago Cody from, the, or from the Cubs. He went uh, from he, one Chicago he, to the other. He's a he's a favorite of Jason uh, and my tag team partner, Shelly, uh, very straight. Uh, he could definitely take that job from Wick. I think Wick gets that job to start, but uh, Hoyer could uh, jump right in. Uh, and Agreed. pick up if if Wick struggles or get hurt again. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal, I don't know where he's going to end up, but yeah. I mean, if he's healthy, and the reports are that after thoracic outlet, he's actually doing fairly well. He could get an opportunity somewhere. Um, Art Warren, we talked about a bunch on the pod as a guy that I think could end up getting saves in Cincinnati. I think that is just a committee situation. Um, yeah, we just Je- talked. Jeff Erickson, big Reds guy um, mm-hmm. on the RotoWire when I was talking to them today on series said the same thing says it's going to be a collection and gave art Warren a hat tip. So just another yeah. guy who's close to it. Go ahead. Uh, we just talked about Brent Sutter, uh, Suter. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, 12 wins last year out of the bullpen. He's going to have a similar role again this year. So uh, I love guys like that. Um, and then I threw Andrew Chafin and Alex Colomay on there. Both mm-hmm. are free agents. And if there's a team looking for a, proven closer quote unquote but don't want to spend any money on like Hanley Jansen or an Ian Kennedy Colome and Chafin may be those guys that especially Colome because he's also a righty and you know Chafin kind of has that lefty bias like I don't know why we still do that with the lefty bias of of closers but uh Colome I mean he's got a good number of saves I agree with you there and Chafin was really really good last year yeah, so I think either of them could find themselves at least in the mix for save somewhere or just straight up the guy going after pick 400 with the way people are paying for saves. You might as well just take a dart throw on, on one or both. Yeah, no, I I, I, I can definitely see that. Andrew uh, Alex Colomay is fourth in saves since 2016. Now, that includes his two big seasons, but even mm-hmm. if I lop those off and just go with since 18 when he has 12, 30, 12, and 27, that still puts him 10th. Yeah. Someone's going to pick up Alex Colomay to close. I agree with you. And then my last one's Bruce Dark Ratterall, just a live arm. Yep. Blake Trinan could be the guy they could bring Jensen back. Jansen back. I understand that. But Bruce Dargradderall is a stud in the making, it seems like. And I don't love going to Colorado for pitching at any point, but Carlos Estevez and uh, Robert Stevenson are both guys that, uh, you know, 400 exactly for Estevez and then Stevenson behind him at 648. I I think either of those guys could be the guy. You don't want to get too hung up trying to spec for saves in Colorado, obviously, but you need saves. And if you're desperate, I think those are the two live arms to go for in Colorado. Absolutely. All right, so that's some gold digging post four or 400 or later, I guess, and some of the guys are actually right on 400. Um, lots of gems here. I think if we go back at the end of the year, obviously we, we cast a wide net here, but there's a lot of interesting talent. I think the big point I wanted to drive home, though, is that your draft's not over once the once you get into the 400s. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the drafts, I don't know if it's one we're in or the Speakers League, somebody said, we're now to the part of the draft that I like, and it was because we hit, like, pick 350. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's where – it's not where leagues are always one. I'm not going to make a definitive statement like that, but leagues can absolutely be won by hitting a few gems in this area. So you got to get going, Justin, but great chatting with you. One more Uh, thing to remember, just since we're talking about like these kind of late drafts and stuff like that. And these drafting holds is your team sucks. (laughs) 
You're a bad I'm sorry. person. I just had to. I had to end with that. You're a bad person. I, I honestly couldn't believe that you crapped on that team. It's, I have such a good team here. <laughs> it's so good. I've been uh, doing great. Oh man. And if just... you do, and if you don't think I'm going to run the numbers between these two teams when they're the drafts are done, you just don't know me. I'll, I'll say that. I, abso- be no, I, abso- I absolutely know you will. All right. Justin, great speaking with you. We'll be back on Friday. Peace. Take it easy.